Good morning. It is a great blessing to hear the voices of the children in the congregation today, reminding us that we are always, as a community, as an institution, in the bouts of, remo of renewal, of being constantly renewed by people who are new in our midst and of the spirit that is constantly breathing new life and transformation. When I got up this morning, I had two emails sitting in my email box, both from brothers of the Brotherhood of St. Gregory. The first one reminded us that today is World Mission Sunday, which is a commemoration in the church to remind us that we are all called by God on mission. And it is into that mission of the gospel that we are about to baptize Philip Walker. The second email was from another brother who said it was being made public today that the cathedral church in which he serves was about to suspend all of its ministries for lack of funding. This cathedral church that has been serving in a diocese in the Northeast now for nearly three centuries is closing its doors and it's uncertain what will happen next. This is the flip side of what we're about in mission and ministry, particularly at a time when all of our institutions in this country, and particularly our church institutions, whether they are evangelical or Catholic or everything in the middle, are in decline. And how do we reckon with that? How do we reckon with the fact that Philip Walker will not only be baptized into the mission of the gospel of Christ this day, but be baptized by an institution that is going through great upheaval right now in our midst. Institutions have always been with us, right? We are part of one here at Church of Our Savior. Thanks be to God, we are an exception to the rule these days. We are doing well, and we are growing, and we are thriving because we've recognized that the institution must be pressed into service for the mission that we have been given. But it's still hard, and we will be hearing more stories about an institution in decline in the coming year, and we will be wrestling with that at some level even here. How do we proceed? It's a question that perhaps Elisha was wondering about as he was following Elijah, his mentor, his example. A man, in fact, who has become for Elisha, for all intents and purposes, his father. Knowing that Elijah would soon be departing. And Elijah himself was sort of an institution by that time. He was well known and well regarded throughout Israel as a master prophet. He had stood against corrupted kings. He had anointed them. He had raised people from the dead, even. Now, in good institutional fashion, the prophets who are hired by the king, the institutional folk, come out to Elisha and said, you do know, don't you, that Elijah's going to be taken to you by God this day. It's good institutional stuff, right? Stating the bleeding obvious. <laughs> and Elisha's response is, yes, I know. Shut up. <laughs> I've got enough to deal with without you telling me what I already know. 
And Elijah himself keeps telling Elisha, you know, stop following me around like a puppy dog. Just stay here. I will go on my way. Everything will be okay. And Elisha refuses. I am going with you every last step of the journey, even though I don't know what's going to happen next. That fidelity to mission, that deep and abiding faith and trust that somehow I'm going to witness something not only extraordinary but heartrending, and I'm going to get through this, and something will come on the other side. A blessed witness is Elisha in our story this day. And we have this wonderful story of Jesus and his closest apostles on the mountaintop that is as familiar to any of us who've been around the church for any length of time as just about any gospel story is, and that is this sense in which Jesus' glorification makes Peter, James, and John want to stick around. In fact, why don't we just stay on the mountaintop and call it good? And Peter comes out and wants to institutionalize the whole thing, right? Let's build three booths, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. And we could just stay here on the mountaintop. Maybe we can charge admission for people to come up and see. Peter. This is the same Peter, if you remember, who steps out of the boat and onto the water and then begins to sink. This is the same Peter who, in almost the same breath, says to Jesus, you are the Messiah, and then says, no, you cannot go to Jerusalem. God forbid it. We won't let you die. This is Peter who betrays Jesus, if you remember in the courtyard when Jesus is on trial. This is Peter who, after the resurrection, is out in the streets of Jerusalem healing people and trying to figure out whether the gospel is just for Jews or is also for Gentiles. This is Peter who is always confused and uncertain, who is willing to take risks, who is floundering, who stumbles, who can never quite get it right, and yet this is the Peter who Jesus says, upon you I will found my church. Now, is that good news or what? <laughs> We identify with Peter in all of his frailty and uncertainty and his missteps because that is the life we are called to. Even those of us who are called to be part of an institution that is flailing in the dark, it seems, at times. And this is the life to which Philip Walker is called by baptism. Because Philip after he is baptized today, will be just as human as we are. He will make mistakes. He will grow up and take wrong steps. He will follow in the footsteps of Jesus and sometimes get it right and sometimes get it wrong. But the promise is that God will always be there for him. And our promise as a community regardless of what happens institutionally, is that we, as a Christian body, will always be there for Philip. The recognition of today's gospel is that after the mountaintop experience, it is time to head back down to the matting crowds, be on the road to Jerusalem, face to face with imperfections, and even the tough things in life recognizing that that is our calling. To quote Jack Cornfield, who looks at this 
through a different tradition's lens. It is after the ecstasy that we must attend to the laundry. Mm-hmm. That is our calling this day. Our calling to mission and to life in Christ. We don't get to institutionalize it on the mountaintop. And in fact, if you think about what we're about as Christians here, we gather on Sunday mornings not to be Christians, but to be inspired to be Christians out in the world. We are here to gather spiritual resources so that we may share those with those who are most in need outside of these doors. We are called to be Christians 24-7, not just on Sunday mornings sitting in the pew, worshiping in the beauty that is this space and the beauty of our tradition. In a way, that's good news, but in another way, it's a challenge to each of us. Each of us called on mission, called on mission to come down from the mountain, be amongst the people we are called to serve. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.